cliffcentral.com. Welcome to the practical business section of our business masterclass. I'm Richard Angus, CEO of the finance team, your part-time financial executive solution. Joining me in studio today is Safia Boulay of New Habits, Making Shift Happen. Hi, Richard. And also Leandi Streeter, a business coach and guide from Racecorp. Hi, Richard. Andy. Thank you. Joining us as our guest today is Rebecca Hatlani, founder and MD of Faki Dynamics. Rebecca, welcome to the team. Thank you very much um, for inviting me. It's great to have you with us. So tell us a little bit about Faki Dynamics and what you do, how you do it, where the company started. Give us a little bit of background for our listeners. Okay. Um, Pike, it's, it's actually Pikey. Um, it's Pikey Dynamics. Um, the company was formed in 2008. It's previously known as Pikey Personnel, and we are a strategic human capital company. And uh, we are focusing mostly in talent development, talent management, and uh, talent recruitment. Okay. Yeah. Now, tell us a little bit about your background of Rebecca as the entrepreneur, your journey in entrepreneurship. Give us a little bit of background on you. Wow. It has been a journey. Um, I matriculated back in 1999 and I studied uh, business administration right after school. And um, after that, I couldn't get a job for a while. And um, the first job that I got, I had to work with my uncle. He is a lawyer. And uh, from the, I worked a bit. And uh, from there, I got an opportunity in a recruitment agency. That's where I got introduced to recruitment as a receptionist. I had to work my way up and become a consultant. And um, that's where the whole journey started. And uh, I moved to another company after three years of being with the previous company that I was. And as an accounts um, manager, I worked there for a year, and after a year, I knew I need to start something new. That's when I, the path of Pagi Personnel started, okay, which so, is now Pagi Dynamics. Okay, so mm-hmm. you started what year? In, in uh, 2008. 2008. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you started your business in 2008. Mm-hmm. We're now effectively nine years on. Mm-hmm. But I can hear from, and I know from the conversation, that there was a fundamental shift or change that happened. And in the previous show, we were talking about the whole question of change and how, how to manage change. What happened in your world? Um, as I say, the company was previously known as Pikey Personnel. We're in a personnel space, which is a temporary recruitment space. And uh, in 2015, we had challenges way from outside uh, where the legislation was changed, was amended that a temporary uh, recruitment, um, they can only work for th- three months and they need to be considered as permanent. The change in legislation was hitting directly to our main business because our main business was to manage temporary placements. Mm -hmm. And uh, now clients were very reluctant to give out business to agents and we had to change. And um, we were motivated by the saying that goes, uh, change is inevitable and growth is optional. We then decided we really need to grow. Like enough, during 2015, that's when I joined a uh, race corp while I was going through that. And um, I had to come up with a new strategy to save the business because really we came from a, a big sales turnover and dropped drastically mm. because now everyone was cutting out business. And I saw this even before it was launched that it was going to go through that. 
But um, joining RaceCorp really helped me because I had we came up with a new strategy. We had to implement it and we had to do rebranding. And uh, the journey has been very emotional. But um, today I'm very grateful that it happened. Mm. Well, I mean, I've had a look at your, your company profile. Mm-hmm. And if I have a look at it, I mean, I see some really, really big brands out there. SARS, Joburg uh, Water, yes. Joburg Road Agency, Eskom, yes. um, Coca-Cola, Tiger Brands, yes. um, Corobrick. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got some really, really powerful brands that mm-hmm. you do business with. Mm-hmm. So they obviously saw something unique in, in what you were able to do. Mm-hmm. And they and they're now part of your, part of your world i mean th- that change of having and i mean the change that legislative change obviously didn't happen over a space of one month i mean it, it was a legislative environment but how long did you have to almost manage the change in your space was this something that happened over a period how long did, how long from the time that they started talking about this change to when you actually had to face the reality what was that time space for me, it was continuous. Um, it started 2015. In fact, 2015, my company started in Pulukwani. Our, our head office was in Pulukwani. Mm. Things were going very well. Our turnover going up. They were really growing. And we had a uh, contract with big um, organizations. And 2015, that's when I decided I want to move to Joburg to grow the business. And I never knew I was going to be hit with this big change because I was willing for a change to come to a new city altogether and introduce the company. Mm-hmm. And these new brands, um, just to go back to your question, um, for me, change is a continuous thing. It didn't happen immediately. I saw it coming. But then for me, it took time to sink in. It was not a 360 change. Mm-hmm. Just to turn around. Uh, it started off 2016. It's still continuing. It's not yet finished. Mm. But then um, I can say for me to be very comfortable with it, it took me immediately. I knew I need to change. When I set my foot in race cop, I actually told them I need to change. Mm. Besides the legislation, um, I felt like I was in a space where I had grown and I can't grow any further. And the whole legislation thing was actually a blessing. But by the time it was hitting our company, we didn't see it as a, as a, as a, as a blessing. We saw it as something that's coming to crash us. And I went through all the emotional things. Like I was now used to Pikey personnel. I mean, dreaming about Pikey to be here. And all of a sudden, I'm changing. I have to change the name, the identity. I was worried how my clients are going to receive me because they know us as Pikey personnel. And the introduction of the new company, how is it going to be? And the introduction of the new services. But I'm glad we did uh, 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 go with that. Now, I mean, I'm I'm hearing a few things as you talk about this. I mean, the, the first thing that that – Kind of stick stick out for me. Stuck out for me was the the comment of you were going, you were moving from Polokwane to Joburg, mm-hmm. so you were already embarking on let's call it a location change. Yes. So I'm pretty sure that you know now we and that we that always say you know moving moving house or moving business is is always is mm. always very very pressurized mm, and, and stressful. Mm, mm, mm. Um, up there with the three most stressful things, things you can encounter: uh, mm. getting married, mm. death, mm-hmm. divorce, death, and, and divorce. Yeah, mm-hmm. and moves. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I, I always say 
two mm. moves equals one fire, just burn it and start again. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the, the reality is you, you saw a change happening, almost let me call it self, I suppose this is a bad self, word, self, self-inflicted <laughs> change. You were yes. making a choice to move from Polokwani to Joburg to grow your market. Self-directed. Or, self-directed. Okay. So, uh, okay. <laughs> I am suitably chastised. <laughs> self-directed change. So I'm moving my business from point A, Polokwani, mm-hmm. to point B, Johannesburg. I'm growing my market mm-hmm. and things are going to be good. Mm-hmm. And here comes along the external change. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it hits you virtually simultaneously in the same few a few months, and now all of a sudden, this all of a sudden, this business that you thought was going to just grow in the Joburg market is actually going yeah. south because there's a legislative change that you have no control over, mm-hmm. and you you're expected to to adopt and uh, adopt the legislative environment and adjust accordingly, and your clients are looking at you and going well. You're in the industry. You must manage it. Yes. <clears throat> what did – I mean, I, 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 I want to just pick up on an emotion you said. You, yeah. you said you felt like people were out – it almost felt like personal, like somebody was out to get you. Um, how, did, how did you deal with that emotion in your, mm. in, for you and for your team? Um, I think for me – it was very difficult because um, as a business owner, you have a way of, I had a way of managing the pressure that it doesn't go to my staff because on the other side, I still want to maintain the staff and motivate them. But I sleep at night knowing that what I preach might not happen. And um, I have to keep on, keep them going. And I said to them, you know what, even this is happening, but we are fine. I had to make sure that I, I take all the stress, stress myself and I have to process it before I take it to them. I, I didn't want to fall apart in front of them because I, I was worried. At one stage, they were the ones keeping the company going. They would wake up in the morning and I'll go to the office. I'm like, why is this? Are these people look so... You know, inspired to be here, do they really know what's happening behind the scene? And for me, that really kept me going. But um, the emotional side, uh, I think Race Cop for me was a blessing. I don't know. I think it was meant to happen that way because I had a, a personal mentor that time that I had to see once a month. She was just a phone call away. I don't know without Riscop where would the company have been. But I know very well that even though I was going through that, I knew very well that are we, are we going to survive? Um, closing the company or shutting the company down was never an option. I was looking at if it comes to a push, we might have to reduce staff and reduce expenses. But um, shutting it down, for some reason, I knew we were going to survive. And for me, emotionally, it was um, I had to go through a journey, self-discovery journey, because all my life I've been working in the company and all of the sudden, I, I was learning to work outside the company. And that's when all this came in. And to me, I think through Rescop, I was I, I empowered to deal with this pain. Mm. So, so, so is it, is it about, were you experiencing a very specific kind of loneliness? Mm-hmm. Um, like an isolatedness and you were, I'm almost hearing you say that you're an outsider to your own business mm-hmm. because there were your staff going on. Mm-hmm. And you'd be there like, what are you guys inspired about? Yeah, just inside. You're, you're lonely. 
Okay. Uh, so, so, so what I'm hearing you also say is that it's important for a business owner mm-hmm. to have somewhere where they mm. can air the thoughts uh, that are trapped inside their head uh, and I, give I it like ga- a – ventilate it. I, I was going to say, so what I'm hearing is everybody in the company has got somewhere to go. You very fortunately had somewhere to go in, in the Rays Corp world mm-hmm. and you wanted to – and I think many business owners feel like this, is, is provide that sort of insulation between mm. maybe not reality but the harshness mm. of what's going on in the market and mm. what you're having to deal with. Mm. I, suppose, um, yeah. I also suppose like if you're in a large company, if you're the CEO, you've got a board to go to. Mm, 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 you don't mm, always mm. have that luxury mm, when you're mm. in, a, in a business that is still busy growing. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah, no, small businesses really feel the impact hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for our entrepreneurs in particular, it's, it's really important for any entrepreneur to have a support system outside of their own business. Um, whether, and it's not necessarily always family either. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, pre- really. Preferably, from my experience, preferably not family because it, it engages. That, that particular environment engages emotional fear, yeah, fear rather than, mm-hmm. you know, so support. Yeah. support so, because yeah. they're so tied in their, their mm. own destiny is tied into, into yeah. business. Yes. So, what's really important, um, what was, you know, I had the privilege of working with Rebecca and mm. what kept us also inspired and motivated um, because we, we, that's what we do, we work with businesses, is the entrepreneur. So Rebecca's vision, her determination to succeed beyond (laughs) herself at any cost, that ability to open up and say, okay, and get frustrated. You do. You get frustrated. You need Mm -hmm. to vent. You need to unpack all the laundry and go, okay, what is the problem here? Why am I not seeing it? What are my options? Um, This is not an option for me. I'm not going to go down that road. But here is something presents something that I can shift and direct new, develop new revenue streams. Um, I am, you know, and it's really about having a support group as well. And it's really great for uh, entrepreneurs and small to medium sized businesses to have advisory boards for that, for Mm. that reason is to go and say, okay, fine, we're in a situation. How do we have a strategic war room, bounce it off people, identify objectives or not objectives, rather, you know, revenue streams and opportunities to turn the situation around based on the vision and just also just stand and rally behind the entrepreneur. Because at the end of the day, this is the person that needs to get the ship through. Everybody else gives advice. So, so Rebecca, the question I have for you is at some point in time, you're working in the business and you're a technical expert. And one day… That's not enough. How do you, what is the journey inside of you that takes you from being the technical expert, the person who is competent, understands what's going on, and then actually jumping off the cliff? Oh, that leap of faith. (laughs) Sure. To, To not knowing what's what, to not being familiar with what's going on inside of you. To embracing that uncertainty and learning to work with that uncertainty. What is the journey inside of you? What is the permission you've got to give yourself? What is the self-talk? You, um, just to answer that, it's, it's, it's actually a journey that you have to let happen. It knocks on your door. You can feel okay. it. It's there. It has arrived. I think as an entrepreneur, we entrepreneurs, we have this thing that we have everything in control. Yes. We are on our suit. Our life is all together. And 
I think in my journey, I had to learn that I don't know everything. First of all, I need help. I had to learn to ask for help. I'm one of those that couldn't ask for help because I'm just an entrepreneur. I'm one of those that believes in I need to work hard for this to happen and everything should happen. And I had to learn to embrace failure, you know, to say failure might happen, um, but it's worth trying. I had to open up myself for the first time in my life ever. I had to open up myself and say, I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to try new things. I'm, le- I'm ready for help. I'm ready for people to come into my world and listen. I'm ready to learn. Yes. So, so I think you, you're touching on perhaps something that is so key to all entrepreneurs, not mm-hmm. just people that are going through change, is this ability to accept that you don't know everything, that you have to you have to be able to almost, let me use the word, humble yourself mm-hmm. to accept help from others mm-hmm. and insights from others. Um, I think obviously where you go for support is, is critical. You found, you found a strong support base. Mm-hmm. Um, I always, and I mean on the show, we often say to people, remember advice is worth exactly where it comes from. So if it's given to you on the golf course after five, mm-hmm. five holes, it's probably worth exactly that. Or at the 19th hole, it's probably worth exactly that. Um, be careful of where you take your advice. True. So take advice from seasoned experts, people mm-hmm. who, who give you that that comfort and that they're not just, uh, let me call it, guessing their way through this. True. Um, you know, you want people with a track record. You mm-hmm. want people who, who actually, you know, uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be somebody who's done it themselves or had the exact experience you're having. But it's got to have somebody who's got – you've got to have people that have got a good reference point mm-hmm. to be able to give you that insight that you're looking for. But Richard, I think what you, you're touching on is so important, not necessarily only in Rebecca's um, situation, but for all of us, and, and not only in business, actually, in, in life in general, is you've got to come to a point of acceptance. Mm. Because if you don't come to a point of acceptance, you don't have new choices at your disposal. Yeah. You're still busy fighting with your old reality, <laughs> and you're caught up in that fight. And um, if I look at Rebecca, um, your listeners don't get to see her, but this is a determined woman who has got that look that says, go look at the picture on the web page. <laughs> <laughs> so this look of like I'll tackle it head on kind of thing and 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 that's a very 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 specific kind of archetype in which you tend to not accept your limitations you tend to rally against your limitations and and, and yet the power is in saying hey I need help mm-hmm. now I mean in the current economic environment mm-hmm. it's a tough economic world out there mm-hmm. so you've gone through a tough change, okay, legislatively, but unfortunately, you know, you turn the corner and the next uphill is is ahead of you. <laughs> it kind of feels like, you know, you see those movies where the road goes up the mountain and it's like you make the next turn and the road is still uphill. So how do you plan on growing your business in the current economic climate out there? It's it's not plain sailing for us as business people. What are your what are your thoughts on that economic environment and how you're planning to grow? What are what are your uh, kind of key insights you could share with with fellow entrepreneurs out there around how to make a success in in the tough business world we're in at the moment? Um for me I think purpose is everything. The drive, the purpose. I mean, um even if it's cloudy, it's raining, the purpose carries you through. The economy, the economy will change upside down. 
but your purpose and your drive, as long as it's there, it's the heartbeat of the business. And again, um, I think the vision, how you then take your purpose or you, 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 and put it into a vision, it's very important so that the whole staff or whoever you are leading can tap into what you believe in. Mm. So currently what we have done, we've uh, increased our revenue stream from just being a temporary placement recruitment agency. We are now a human capital company, which then if you look at our model, um, the Paki personnel, it's actually just a, a, a product inside. Mm. So the whole change um, allowed us to grow in that uh, our business now, we can offer different things. That means we are appealing to different, if the economy is going down, we have um, a product for that. Mm. If the economy is going up, we have a product for that. So for me, I think um, the economy will always go up and down. Hold on to your papers. I think that's the advice I'll give you to, uh, to other entrepreneurs. Well, I, I was going to say, I think that's, that's very sound advice because mm. the reality is we often see, and un- unfortunately I'll say it, we, mm. we often see businesses that have lost their purpose. So mm. they're a business, mm-hmm. but they are purposeless. Mm. They become caught up in the business. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and we, we, it's actually quite interesting that you can almost identify mm. a business where that's happened by having a look. And I'm the accountant, so I'll go to the finance measures. But you can see a business that has lost its purpose by and being caught up in the business Busyness. and the business because their growth becomes almost, let me call it, pedestrian. Mm. You know, so they're growing, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten percent a year, and then everybody may say to me, "Well, that's great growth." But the reality is, when you look at other companies out there, they where the purpose is clear and the vision is strong. You know, these guys are into double-digit growth numbers, etc. I, I will never forget being challenged by Paul Harris, okay, a visionary man, with the statement he said, "I like growth num, uh, I like growth." Growth numbers with twos in front of them, like 21, 22, and 23 percent. Now, this was in a, you know, in an environment where growth wasn't there, and I remember sometimes thinking to myself, you know, like, how, how can you expect that of us? And and the when we thought about it, and when I thought about it, I realised that it wasn't as much about, you know, so the pedestrian growth, but it was about finding. The difference, the purpose, mm. and, and, and finding something different that would, would really set us apart from, let me call it, the rank and file. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> you're making me think of, of, of um, a book that I've read, um, Great by Choice. Mm-hmm. And in it, the, the author really speaks about the fact that greatness is really an attitude. It's a choice that people make because he demonstrates with such, such um, – um, high levels of research, how, you know, there are companies who in the same economic environment with the same challenges, they close their doors, they fall apart. Mm. But there are those that have two things in place, a clear purpose mm. and high levels of consistency and discipline. Mm. And those are the ones that not only perform well, they perform exponentially well in mm. environments that other yeah. business, other businesses are daunted by. Now, I'm going to ask Nani from a, from your experience, mm. and you, you see a number of, of, of companies out there. Yes. What, what 
I mean, we, we're talking here about purpose. Is mm. that is that so critical? Is that like top of the list in your mind as a as a coach? Yes, it is. Um, it is very different when you're working with a business that is that has sort of become pedestrian, is just ticking the boxes and achieving, you know, growth. And it's on this highway and it's, you know, it's heading south and it's just doing what it's doing versus working with the guys who really have a strong sense of purpose, a strong vision. And what enables what that also enables them to do is they can turn their ships around really fast if they should, or relatively fast based on what is demanded of them. Because it's not the mechanics, it's not the organizational structures, and it's not the metrics, and it's not the reporting keeping them in business, but it's actually the thing that drives them. And besides having purpose, it's also a lot of these guys that keep their eyes on the market. What is mm -hmm. happening in the market? How do I diversify to continue to add value to the market? How do I diversify my revenue streams because what is the value that I'm offering the market? If you don't have purpose, it's very difficult to start for that value to become a passion. Mm. It mm. just becomes a mechanized sort of commercial thing and, you know, it's like, okay, well, this didn't work. Uh, okay, now we got to think of a new thing versus going, okay, but really what is happening in the market? Where are people at? Um, and, I mean, even the design school at Stanford has included empathy as part of their design process mm. for new product design because the world is shifting a lot mm. more towards what people are feeling, what they want, looking for value, and how quickly can you offer that to or how do you best offer that to them? Mm. Because what happens with the guys that are, you know, cruising down the highway, doing everything well, they've streamlined, they're efficient, you know, we've got the efficiencies running, we've got all the processes and procedures and policies, and we've got our good governance, and we've got boards, and, you know, it's lacquer. Um, the the challenge there is that you you're not you know someone like a breaker will come and take them out mm. because she is that passionate that driven and just in terms of our experience when she was going through this thing she's also a mother and she studied at the same time while yeah. she had to shift. Mm. That, that's powerful, mm. Rebecca. My closing question to you is our pay it forward question that we ask all of our guests. Mm -hmm. Knowing what you know now. If you had heard it on a radio show, let's go back to 2009, mm -hmm. okay? What is the one thing that you've learned now that you wish you had heard back in 2009? This is your opportunity to share with the listener out there that gem that you would say, hey, focus on that, think about this, mm -hmm. and you will make your business life so much easier as an entrepreneur. What would that one thing be? Um, I think one thing is things are changing, change. I never knew when I went into business that I'll be hit by change. And that business, it's up and down. It's like um, um, the the statistics. I don't mm. know how to explain that. It goes, it goes up and down, and that's just normal. And um, I wish someone had told me that... Um, this is part of this is part of my life. It's just gonna be like this. I need to make peace with it. Change is constant. Yeah, right? change is <laughs> constant, and uh, there's nothing wrong with change, and it will come. And I wish um, I had known that. You know, when you get into business, there's something that tells you, no, within five years, I'll just relax and now sit and watch the business going and be a multimillionaire and just relax. <laughs> and um, it's a continuous. Working on yourself to develop yourself and also to develop the business and work 
outside your business, on your business, not inside. I think if I had had that um, a, a tip when I started, it would be much easier for me. Okay, great. Thank, Thank you very you. much. <laughs> Our guest, Rebecca Atlani, founder and MD of Paki. Paki. <laughs> Parky Dynamics. And Thank he goes red. <laughs> and I go red. Next up, our youth leadership platform. Stay with us. Cliffcentral.com.